Hey everyone, this is Reed. Before the show starts, I just want to say that this is a shortened version of our Round 18 podcast. The longer version has an interview with Jordan Cooper from Rotowire talking about the World Cup game. So if you want to hear that full hour and a half long episode, head on over to MLSFantasyBoss.com to get the full extended edition. But if you're just here for Round 18, this is where you want to be. All right, enjoy. I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 17 and preview of round 18. This episode is brought to you by the new hit reality show, Atlanta and Friends, a.k.a. the MLS All-Star Game? Uh, No, no, no. Uh, Actually, as always, this episode is brought to you by the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS and MLSFantasyBoss.com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I'm joined by usual guests or usual regular hosts, co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. But we'd also like to welcome our special guest hosts, uh, representing DraftKings and, and helping out over there at RotoWire, fantasy soccer analyst, expert, uh, just addicted player, Jordan Cooper. How you doing? I'm doing great. Round 17 happened. Pretty much a regular week. A few teams were on a bye. Not a lot. Uh, I think for me, as as far as takeaways go, there. Uh, but before we get into that, let's let's see how you guys scores did. Uh, I guess I'll start. I got uh, eighty-seven points. Um, not too bad. Uh, Rusnak, even though he didn't get a goal, got twenty-two points as my captain uh, total um, off an eleven point, which I think was pretty good considering most people went or a lot of people went with V and fell into that trap. Um, so I did a little bit better than them. Had Lawrence, which worked out super well. Um, my duds were Via, obviously, and Zussi. Uh, but everyone else did okay. Um, week rank 466, which not a whole lot of movement overall, but some, and I won my head-to-head. So, you know, not one of the best scores of the week, but certainly good enough to get a little bit of, you know, what we used to call green arrows. <laughs> Blame. Yeah, I ended up right behind you, Mike. I had 85. Um, moved me up a little bit. I'm flirting. I'm 529 now on the overall still trying to get to that top 500 before the end of this first half this has been a rough season for me but yeah um i also avoided the via trap i stuck with morales who also gave me 22 points total so can't really complain there royer really hurt me with that red card um because because the option i had picked out to replace him with was ilsenio um, I did grab Ilsenio in my draft league. He ended up helping me win that game as my last addition for my draft team. But I did have Dockel on the bench, so he came in with his 17. I think that might be one of the highest scores of the round, too. With, so over, overall, I can't really complain a whole lot. I mean, Royer really hurt. Zussi and Via giving me one each was rough. But 85 points on that and getting a couple of the pick, big picks right, I mean, it moved me up in the overall. So green arrows there and... Winning some head-to-head games, so can't complain. 
Yeah, I had a really great round myself. I had 99 points, so just one point shy of that triple-digit mark there. Uh, I halfway fell for the Via Trap. I had him on my team, but I went with uh, Max Morales as my captain, so I still managed to get 22 points right there. Had Simon, had Long up there in defense. Uh, I went with Question. I thought there would be more points from Orlando in that Montreal game, but it just did not happen. But I did get tighter on uh, my bench as my – uh, switcheroo to sub in there, the transfer to sub in there at that time. Um, Piotti got a goal. I think he got the assist. So uh, some good points all around right there. Great score. I've moved up to 105 overall. So trying to crack into the top 100 before the end of this round. Just so you know, uh, my total score is 1656. Uh, some of the guys who are in the other leagues that we are in that are in some of that top 10 area, they're only about 50 points ahead of me right now, and I'm at 105. So 50 points is separating those people in the, the low hundreds and the top 10. So that's that's how close it starts getting at the top. So it's it's pretty vicious competition here, uh, but it's been a lot of fun, and we're gearing down towards the end uh, of this first season in Week 21. So still a whole other season of fantasy action yet to go. Uh, but something else, quick aside, uh, Mike tweeted this out this morning. The MLS All-Star roster came out tonight with the fan voting, and six of the players were from Atlanta. That was our uh, what we were referencing in the Brought to You By this week, which is just crazy. Congrats to you, Atlanta fans, for mobilizing your vote and, and getting out and doing that. But we don't really think that that's an accurate representation of what an all-star team should be. Sorry. Uh, so what I've asked for Mike and Blaine to do is if they've got uh, some players they think should be on the all-star team with our, our fantasy point of view, um, we're going to do that right now. Now, guys, I've made a full 18, uh, but if you just want to throw out a few players, we'll all throw out a few players and see what we've got. So how about that? Works for me. Okay. All right. Uh, kick us off, Blaine. Let's uh, – Let's just start with defense. Oh, defense. Um, I didn't know we were doing this, so I'm a little off, but Zussi's got to be out there leading your defense as far as fantasy goes. I mean, a 12 million defender, where are we ever going to see that again? He actually lost value this week and is still at 12 million, so <laughs> got to go with that. Um, Simon has just been a monster this season. Um, new team. I, don't, I didn't expect it from him or the LAFC defense, but he has just been huge for them this year and then i'm going to give it a collective for the last one take your pick off of this off of the whole team and that's the columbus defense mm -hmm. those guys have been huge value gains all season long they've been putting up good points um i know a lot of us slept on them a little bit early on and they have just kept it up best defense in the league i can't pick any one of those guys so i'm going to put the whole team out there and you pick your favorite from that list mike uh, yeah, I mean, I had Abu Bakar um, as, as one of my picks. I, I think Zusi from fantasy perspective, is a must-have. Uh, I mean, from a purely fantasy perspective, I would also say Simon, um, although in real life I don't know if he's been that valuable. He's just one of those defenders who scores goals, which is super great in fantasy. I don't know if he's been as good uh, in real life, although those goals have been uh, important for LAFC. Um but yeah, I, I would just not have anyone um, in Atlanta for defense. Uh, and, and are we including uh, keepers in defense, Reed, or are we doing that one separately? I was going to do it separately, but you're welcome to throw a name out right now. Uh, I'm. Gonna, I, I think the it's is Turner. 
Um, I mean, oh, he, yeah. he's very cheap. Uh, got a whole bunch of clean sheets uh, in a year for fantasy that hasn't been very dependable for uh, clean sheets. So I think he's um, definitely someone to look at. Uh, I'm sure Blaine will mention Tim Melia. Uh, I would certainly consider him as well. Yeah, to, to the list of names you guys have already added, uh, I had Rosenberry on my list because I'm uh, Philadelphia's done a pretty decent job at, at keeping some clean sheets this season, and Rosenberry's kind of had a turnaround year. He was hot a couple of years ago with, with as a rookie, slacked off a little bit. Not slacked off, that's kind of harsh. Uh, didn't put up the production quite as well last year, but it's come on real strong uh, this season, so I think he's worth a look right there. And then I think the Red Bulls, they've got a, a tough, tough defense uh, for me, I've got Kamar Lawrence on theirs because I like some of those attacking players. Uh, I bounced around Beta Shore, Simon as well with, with some of some of who would I go with. But uh, I think I think the Red Bulls have had a great defense that's worth a holler. And I'd even maybe even say Blake as a potential keeper option. Just, again, uh, a young player who's been doing a whole lot with a team that that's had to to do some serious rebuilding. Yeah, as you're going keepers, I mean. I've got a trio of them that we didn't expect as much at the beginning of the season that have come on really strong. And Blake and Stefan are in there. But the guy who's been surprising and kept his value pretty affordable has been Evan Bush. Uh, he still leads all goalkeepers in MLS fantasy. And, I mean, he plays for Montreal. I mean, they're, they're what, three points out of a playoff spot right now as a team. And I think he's a large reason why they're not just sitting bottom of the table down there at 10 points with D.C. Now, they've played a few more games, but still, with the way Montreal's been playing, the way we've been talking about him, you'd expect them to be the bottom feeder in the East, and they're not. And Bush leads all all fantasy goalkeepers. I mean, got to give him a shout-out here. I, I think it's mostly because Montreal's played Orlando a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something like that was coming. Uh, Mike, talk about your midfield. Uh, midfield is tough. Um, even though this is an all-star game and we don't like defense, uh, I'm going to have to have a defensive midfielders. I know everyone at MLSsoccer.com loves Chara for some reason this year, which, I mean, I think he's been good, but he's not Alex Ring. Alex Ring is the best defensive midfielder. He was last year. He is this year. Uh, call me a New York City homer if you want, but that's the truth. Um, other ones – Piotti, like he has no help, is the man that everyone is planning around and is still being producing, still producing at a very high level. So I think he has to be on there. Uh, Almiron has probably been the MVP. Uh, he's kind of slacked off a little bit recently, but uh, he's still, I mean, especially for fantasy wise, he's been a pretty much a consistent double digit uh, performer. Uh, and then I had Higuain. Um, what Columbus has done this year, I mean, he's pretty much turned Jossie Zardes into a Golden Boot winner or a goal to boot contender, excuse me. And uh, a lot of that is due to Higuain picking him out in space. And we've seen from past years in the U.S. and uh, L.A., that's not an easy thing to do. So I think uh, Higuain gets a lot of credit. Um, you know, some maybe honorable mentions, obviously, Maxi Morales, um, Mauro Diaz, w when he starts for a, for a fantasy perspective. But, um, yeah, th those are the guys that I, I were looking at. But there, there's a lot of good midfielders. Yeah, I had a tough time, too. Blaine. I mean, okay, I'll start and I'll counter Mike's. Uh, Ring is a great defensive midfielder, but Ilya Sanchez is the best defensive midfielder in the league right now. So if we're going to go for a more complete mm -hmm. team when we're building these roster, it's going to be Sanchez on there for me. <laughs> but as far as your fantasy options go, I mean, Almiron and Morales are your two big leaders. Uh, they've been pulling the strings for their team, high flyers in their conference, in the tougher conference this year. 
huge points for them. Higuain has come back. I thought he was done. He was looking to transfer out. And I've been really impressed with him as a player, just coming back as a person and a player and really giving it his all for the Save the Crew movement and really firing up that city a little bit and keeping the team relevant through all this turmoil. And then Piatti is just uh, a man among men up there in Montreal, uh, double and triple teamed all the time, really the only playmaker up there right now and just fighting through it. I mean, his goal this weekend was a lot of just one-on-one effort. I mean, just Piatti doing Piatti things. Um, few honorable mentions out there, but the big one to throw out there is Bastian Schweinsteiger. Um, still still getting work done with the subpar Chicago team. You'd think with Nikolic, they'd be doing a lot better this season. Coming off that golden boot last year, but he has done whatever that team needs from playing as a creative force all the way back to a center back this year. And it's just not often that you see a midfielder do that at his age. And he's really trying to carry that team through. Yeah, you guys have hit a, a lot of the big name ones. I'll just throw a couple others there, maybe on, on the bench. Uh, I'm going to go with Tider as, as one to talk about. Just from the fantasy point of view, Giotti's gotten a lot of those big games, kind of boom and bust at times. But Tider's just been consistent with, with his point generation. I think that's been, for a non-defensive midfielder type person, I think that's uh, a solid fantasy MVP right there to look at. Uh, I'm going to counter a little bit about Diaz, might maybe make him a bit closer to a top five type person. I know he's missed a bunch and I know turf fields. He's never really going to show up, but when he has been there, he hasn't always needed many minutes to get production. And so uh, I think that makes him a serious contender for someone who you'd want to look at with, with an all-star type fantasy team. And then well, not if the game is in Atlanta and on turf, <laughs> he's not going to get on the plane. He wouldn't get on the plane with the I'm Red Bulls. At, I'm looking at overall. I'm looking at overall, and I think he doesn't I mean, look, need many minutes to produce, and, and I mean, that's I don't, what I think is good. Look, I'm not going to hold it against the guy that he didn't want to go to Red Bull Arena. Red Bulls fans don't want to go to Red Bull Arena. But come on, you got to play if you're going to be in the All-Star game. That's true. Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, the last <laughs> that I'm going to throw out there, uh, Katai over there at Chicago, as good as Bastion Weinsteiger is, I think that he also needs to have a lot of credit for uh, helping Chicago rebound uh, a goal and assist every game uh, or one at least for the past seven games in a row so uh, i think that's that's been and he's has more in earlier on so um i think i think that makes him someone maybe more on the fringe still but uh but worth mentioning we're talking about some of these fancy all-stars uh finally let's do forwards blame uh i'm gonna give it to one of my favorite players in the league. I know he's listed in fantasy as a midfielder, but for terms of the all-star game, he is a forward and that's Teal Bunbury. Uh, he has come on so strong this year. One of my favorite players I've ever met, just one of the nicest guys. And I am so happy to see him come back and have this resurgent season. And I think he deserves the nod for it this year. And then on top of that, you, I, I mean, it really comes down to Martinez, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Giassi Zardes this year. Those three guys have been outstanding for their clubs. Um, can really only take three forwards. I don't want to drop anybody off the list, so I'm just going to throw all three of them up there. But I've got to give Bunbury his props this season. Mike? I, I don't know if I have any of those guys on mine. Um <laughs> Because this is one where I actually thought the All-Star game uh, got it right. I I think Vela has been so impressive, even though he's missed time with Mexico. 
um, for MLS fantasy the past month. Shouldn't forget like how dominant he was and how much of a key part to their fast start uh, he's been uh, with a team that we didn't see have think have had a whole lot of depth coming into it. Um, Joseph Martinez, the Golden Boot winner. Um, he's been incredible. He's also been scoring goals more on the road, which makes him more um, of an every week player, which is more valuable in fantasy. Uh, and this, and then he uh, he has Zlatan. Uh, what he's been able to do, despite the continuing struggles of the rest of the LA Galaxy, shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, he's still scoring tons of goals, um, making that team more exciting to look at. So uh, I would look at them. I mean, BWP has obviously been very good. Uh, I don't want to knock him, uh, but I think he's a tad behind uh, those three. Uh, very close to you, Mike. Myself, I've, I've got uh, Bella Martinez and, and BWP. I went back and forth with that same thought, but uh, BWP uh, inched it out for me in the end. Just, I, I think he's just been I, – I guess the reason I like him isn't really fair for Zlatan because I was going to say I think long-term he's been more for the Red Bulls, but uh, – that's that's really no argument to make against him, but uh, uh, I won't BWP myself. So thanks, guys, for sharing. Uh, that's who we like for more of a fantasy all-star team. I'm working up some polls right now. We're going to try to get some voting go out there for who would you pick as your fantasy all-star team, and I'll get a picture together and tweet that out sometime in the next few rounds so we have enough time to collect everything. And uh, I think at least two Atlanta players are worth that list. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, everything else from, from this round 17, I think worth mentioning. Vancouver's scoring run has finally come to an end. Holy crap, 4-0 against Philadelphia. I didn't go with Philadelphia players myself because I was worried about that run that Vancouver had been on. That's over. Uh, there is definitely a crisis in Orlando. They could not get anything done at home after ousting their coach uh, against a Montreal team that has struggled on the road in the past. So, uh, if you weren't already fire selling Orlando, probably a good idea at this point. Congrats, Blaine, to you. Sporting Kansas City had a great come-behind win. Uh, I wish Zussi had been more of a part of that. Um, but a fantasy takeaway from this for me is there are definitely, if you're not already keyed into this, there are some good offensive options at Sporting Kansas City, so don't write those players off just because they're typically and currently have been a defensive go-to. Uh, other defensive go-tos, Portland just has been pretty good defensively. They got it back together, and uh, they gave some Atlanta trouble at home, which is usually a game that uh, fantasy-wise we think is going to be an easy win from Atlanta, 1-1 draw with that one. That's what I've got, guys. Anything else fantasy takeaways you want to take from round 17? Yeah, yeah um, Daniel Shallowy for Sporting Kansas City has jumped all the way up to $11 million, and he is he worth is every bit of that right now. Uh, the, everybody around the team is talking about just how much he grows from game to game. And he put up a goal and two assists in that comeback and really did spark that team and led to that big one. But the even bigger fantasy takeaway I have from that is centered around the comeback in general. Apparently the locker room halftime talk from Peter Vermes was, they can't stop you, go get them. And that's what the team did. And I think this speaks more to Houston's defense, especially on the road. They had no answer when Kansas City finally decided to turn it on and come at them, and they were chasing the game. And I know Doyle and Warshaw talked about it some on 
the website as well. Um, Cabrera has been killing this team with his subs late in the game. When he took Elise off for Leonardo, um, Houston had no offense, no outlet. There was nothing going forward, and they just invited that pressure and crumbled. So if you're looking at Houston, especially on the road, if teams take this Kansas City win as a blueprint for how to break down Houston and just throw everything forward, Houston is going to struggle on the road on defense from here on out. And I think teams really do need to pay attention to this because this wasn't a big rant and rave in the, in the halftime locker room. It was just a quick observation. You guys can beat them. They have nothing to stop you. Go get them. And that's what it, ta- that's what it was. So for as good as the comeback was, I think this is more damning on Houston's defense on the road. Yeah, that was great. And we're going to see Houston Sporting Kansas City again soon in the quarterfinals of the Open Cup, which we're going to talk about next housekeeping section which we'll get into right now uh games. oh wait wait whoa 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 i didn't get my turn turn for it's like fantasy there, was, there was this period of silence and then blaine was like yeah i'll get one and i was like all right we must be good right take away um yay y'all hear this that's the sound of tfc fans hitting the panic button uh, they were <laughs> lifeless i mean they i mean it was crazy i had no concerns in the second half the tfc was going to beat new york city I mean, that's the treble winners um, who've given New York a whole lot of trouble the past few years. They had nothing. Uh, and, I mean, this is a this is, was a, such a great opportunity for TFC coming in with a brand-new coach who got off the plane on Friday and basically only seen the team nine games of their t- team tape. Um, and he bossed Greg Vanny all over the field. I mean, they had absolutely nothing. Um, New York City probably should have put four past them. Um I'm very concerned for Toronto making the playoffs at this point. Um, Their schedule is not conducive. They still have midweek Canadian championship games coming up. Um, And if they can't compete better against the big boys, they're just not going to get enough points to surpass uh, Philadelphia and New England, who are both in form right now. So um, we'll see if Josie Altidore changes that. But as of right now, I'm, I'm getting very leery of anyone outside of like maybe Vasquez, but not a Toronto defenders right now. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Great transition right there, but still good. Yeah, got to give you time to uh, get some props to New York City, right? Well, I was mostly props to TF to, to TFC's being awful, kind of like Blaine. <laughs> you know, Blaine and I both managed to talk about our teams, and the guys of the other team is terrible. So that was kind of the theme this week. Okay, I got it. it was- Point of pride. Point of pride. So we're we're trying to keep our house, but not necessarily show you that we're keeping our house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now let's move on to the housekeeping. Uh, straight there you up. Go. Games for uh, round eighteen start Friday at eight o'clock. That is a a single game with Minnesota and Dallas. So uh, be ready for that if you're going to try to take advantage of something with with those teams. Uh, eight o'clock Friday for that. No teams are on a double game week this round, but one team is on a buy, and that is Houston. Uh, so that's a great option for you if you're looking for your switcheroos or transferoos or just want to have a, a buy player right there that's not from New England. Be buy right there. So, no, no, don't go with them. Uh, but uh, Houston is a team to look at for all that. Mentioned earlier, Open Cup quarterfinals are coming up. This is going to impact us more around the round 2021 time because it happens on July 18th. So that's Philadelphia and Orlando, Chicago versus Louisville City FC, Houston Sporting Kansas City rematch, and then LAFC versus Portland. So 
Everybody's playing on the 15th, so that falls right in between round 20 and 21. So keep that on your radar. But also just early heads up, playing Houston and Sporting Kansas City both have some roster shenanigans going on right around this time. Houston has a bye week, I think, again in round 20. And then Sporting Kansas City has a bye week in round 21. Seems to be just perfectly cradled right there for this Open Cup game. So that that could definitely be a fun one to watch and uh, one to keep an eye on fantasy-wise because there could be some rotations coming along because of this game. But that's, that's shenanigans right there, Blaine. Maybe uh, a big, little. <laughs> big thanks to everyone from Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for your donations and for your patience, most of all. Uh, my house has now completely transferred into a new house, which includes uh, scarves and pint glasses. And once I get some of the tiny boxes, I had to use free of the various things that tiny boxes hold uh, that aren't mugs and scarves and, and stickers. I can start getting some of those things sent out. And thank you all so much for your support that you've continued to have this season. Uh, I'll be checking up on all of the, the donors to get the web pages all fixed up and uh, make sure you you've registered and, and gotten at your donation level so you can get the swag that you are entitled to. And I will be working to get out there. Um, Patreon is just a way that the listeners, if you're not familiar, can help support our show and help cover some of the fees that we have to make this, uh, this podcast this labor of love really is what it is. If you want to learn more about that or some of the swag that you can get and the different tiers that you can be a part of, Head over to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com slash MLSFI. And now, Mike, the injury report. All right. Before I get into the injuries, I'm going to put out an uh, all call. Um, the injury uh, news works best when I have uh, contributions uh, kind of over the years. Uh, that's kind of slowed down. Um, I need y'all, when y'all see injuries and red cards, to let me know so I'm not trying to go back um, on Mondays and try to f- figure it out because. Frankly, I don't have the time, and so um, if I don't get contributions, I just won't be able to do injury news. So if you like that service and like it, I need y'all to kind of help and pitch in, and uh, whenever y'all see something, uh, let me know. So I uh, really appreciate it if y'all do that, and that way we'll have a, a great resource for everybody uh, going forward. Um, so what news is out there? Well, uh, Zach Steffen, I think, is one of the big uh, headlines. Uh, underwent a successful knee procedure, has already been declared out for this weekend's match against RSL. Uh, no real timetable uh, given there. I would expect him to miss a little bit of time, but I guess we'll see how bad it actually is. Uh, other big injury news is David Villa came off uh, early. We mentioned him having uh, only a one-point game earlier. Uh, they put at least a, a one- to two-week timetable, so he's definitely out this week against Chicago. May or may not miss the July 8th uh, Hudson River Derby against New York Red Bulls. We'll see. It didn't seem too serious. He walked off field off his own power, but um, that that's the timetable they've given, which, hey, they actually gave a timetable, so I'm appreciative of it. All right. Red cards. Um, almost half the league got a red card this week. Uh, let's see. Alexander for Houston. Uh, Ibarra for Minnesota. Um Let's see. Do, do, do. Ziegler for FC Dallas. Uh, Reyna for Vancouver. Royer and, uh, for New York Red Bulls. And Aha again for uh, Vancouver. Um, some other things. Uh, Adi picked up a knock in training this week, and that's why he missed the 18. Um, Ridgewell also missed the 18, but was unavailable match for personal reasons. I think that's a, having a baby. Um and in fact, yeah, that, that's that's who that's who is having a baby this week. I was trying to remember who had a baby this week, and it was Ridgewell. Um, uh, FC Dallas. Another one is uh, Ned Nedlakov. 
Is that how y'all say that? Uh, anyway, I don't want to say it anymore because he transferred out of the league. So, um, you know, he's a good switcheroo, keeperoo option because he cannot play. Um, uh, Majunanin had a two-game suspension, so he'll also mix miss next week as well. Uh, Taylor Kemp has been declared out for the seat for the season. Uh, he hasn't played anyway, um, so no real surprise there. Um, also, just kind of in World Cup, I'm talking about it from a fantasy perspective. Pretty much everyone except for Mexico has for MLS teams has been eliminated, like Panama and Costa Rica. Um, so they'll be available starting uh, next week, and we'll see what happens to, to Mexico. Uh, although right now they're favored to go forward, so. Pretty much most of your World Cup international contingent is going to be back for next week, except for maybe Mexico. And that's all the injury news. Uh, Mike, a couple of updates. Uh, Beasler looks like he's going to be out for a couple more weeks. Um, Amor was a coach's decision not to play, not to dress. That's why we saw Graham Smith this weekend. Um, I'm hearing Amor may have skipped practice to watch a World Cup match. I can't quite remember where he's from, so he may have been watching his his country play. Um, there is some speculation on that. Some of it's just that Vermes doesn't like to play the young guys week in and week out if he can help it, just for mental fatigue. So don't know what's going on there. Uh, Stefan went through um, meniscus surgery today. Timetable, I guess, is going to be listed as questionable for the next four weeks. Um, there has been talk that certain, some players, I think TJ Barrett was one of them that came back, had the surgery one week and was back that following weekend. Um, others, doctors have told um, non-soccer players four-week recovery time. So that's kind of the timetable I've heard on Stefan. And Amor is an Argentinian. So, uh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that injury report. Uh, now we're going to move on to our round 18 preview. Uh, we're going to do a lightning preview, I hope, for some of these things. Uh, so, Mike, Minnesota versus Dallas. Oh. Uh, no, 1-1. One, one. Don't pick any fantasy players from this. Dallas hasn't been good on the road. Uh, it's turf. Samar Diaz probably won't play. Uh, we saw this past week, even though they were up a man for 60 minutes, they were terrible. Um, I mean, Minnesota's bad, but um, I, I don't see anyone that you could depend on. So, no. Blaine, Seattle versus Portland. Um, Seattle's been that bad. This is a Cascadia matchup. Um, Portland's playing well, flying high right now. I expect Portland to come in and boss this game. Um, we talked about him. Chara has been really dominating the midfield. I think he's going to do that and really be able to disrupt anything Seattle's got. I'm going to go with uh, 2-0 Portland on the road. Uh, Valeri and maybe Blanco are the two guys I'm looking at for this one. All right, Mike, moving down to Atlanta versus Orlando. Your fantasy team should look like the MLS All-Star team. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> couldn't, excuse me, Orlando couldn't beat Montreal in two straight weeks. They don't have a head coach. They are terrible. Um, I mean, I know this is sort of a rivalry game, but I, I can't imagine Atlanta doing anything worse than like a 2 nothing, 3 nothing victory. Um, you know, I, I just don't see Orlando having it together. So uh, Martinez, Almiron, all your standards, um, throw Guzan and you know L LGP or whoever you want for from the defense um, for Atlanta. Uh, I I think they're pretty much all good uh, unless Orlando actually shows something. I I don't have any trust in them in Atlanta at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like three nothing or Atlanta. Load up on Atlanta players. Blaine Montreal versus your Sporting Kansas City. Oh, this um, is like the Blaine Riffle Derby. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll give respect to both my clubs here. Um, no, I think. Them both. Uh, okay. Um, sport, <laughs> sporting is very weak on the counter. I think that's the one vulnerability this defense has really shown. And if you can exploit them with a little bit of speed, you can get through. Um, they are a little injury or injury riddled right now. Uh, Amor or Smith could have trouble with um, Piatti coming at them. So I don't expect a clean sheet in this one. I do think Sporting's the better team going into this one. I'm looking at a 2-1 Sporting win on the road, but I don't believe they keep the clean sheet here. Um, really the only guy I'm looking at in this one is probably Shallowy as a bench option. I hate taking sporting defense when I don't think they're going to get the clean sheet. I know Zussi's been good, but I just don't know that the style is going to work out for him. Mike, Columbus versus RSL. Uh, I think this is a real good opportunity for Columbus. Uh, we saw in this past week, uh, RSL put out um, – Oh, shoot, I'm forgetting. It's Beckerman and whoever else, the new defensive midfielder that they have that doesn't have any speed. Uh, if you listen to Matt Doyle or listen to his podcast, um, you know that whenever they put them out, they're really slow on the counter um, and, and don't have the speed to keep up in transition. I, I think that's a great opportunity for Higuain and Zardes this week. Uh, even though Stefan is out and that's kind of hurt their defensive capability, uh, I still think RSL on the road, especially with Plata's injury situation uh, not being settled. Um, is a great opportunity. So I think um, Higuain, um, Zardes, and you know, someone like Abu Bakar, Valenzuela uh, are really good shouts uh, this week. I, I think this is a 2 nothing, maybe a 2-1 uh, victory for Columbus. Um, good value on both sides of the ball. Blaine, New England versus D.C. Yeah, if it weren't for a couple of other games, they'd say load up on New England here just to make sure you get the coverage. As Jordan said, sometimes it's better to grab – multiple players just to make sure you get it right. And that's the way I start with this one. I really want to try to find a way to fit Bunbury, Fagundes, and Pania in my lineup. Pania is probably going to get dropped just because of the way the week shakes out, and Fagundes may go down as well. But I, I just don't trust the D.C. defense on the road and on turf. I'm expecting a 3-1 game here. And as I've been saying kind of all season, the more D.C. plays together, the more potent their offense is. And I think New England is suspect to the way this DC attack is going to come at them. So normally I would pick this one as a clean sheet seeing it's DC, but I give DC the credit and just call it a three, one game. And they have had a tendency to even on, on uh, some of those uh, road games that didn't look as much in their favor to get something through. Yeah. If it wasn't on new England's turf, I would probably be calling this the three, two game, but knowing how their turf plays, I think that's going to slow down DC. Um, if this was on a grass field, I would be picking a 3-2 scoreline for this. All right, fair enough. Mike, Chicago versus your New York City FC. Yeah, this will be interesting. <coughs> um, this will be Dome's first uh, full week of training with the with the club, uh, and B is going to be out. Um, I don't think that's going to slow New York City. Um, if anything, I think it may free up some of your other guys, like um, Jonathan Lewis, if, if he plays, Burgett, uh, Medina, um, we'll see who uh, Dome gives a start to. Um, could free him up um, to to score since they're not quite as worried about always getting the ball to David Villa. Um, Chicago's been playing interesting uh, defensive, but I think eventually against these good teams, it tends to break down, uh, even at home. So um, I, I definitely see New York City being able to get a result in this one. 
Um, it's probably like a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 victory for New York City. Um, I don't think um, Chicago's attack is dynamic enough to cause New York City a whole lot of trouble. Um, so I, I think there's – I mean, generally, I think you're staying away from this game unless you're brave enough to take New York City players on the road. Um, so I would probably have them in auto-roo-type situations here. Um, but definitely something to kind of keep in mind of. Um, I mean, the, the bad thing about this, and we haven't talked about this week in general, but there's a lot of games that all kick off at the same time. Um, so you don't have a whole lot of switcheroo, autoroo um, stuff to play around in. But, you know, if you're not convinced about um, any of the earlier games, these might be some good players to put in those autoroo slots. Blaine, LAFC versus Philadelphia. Well, LA is coming off of a 2-0 win at home against Columbus, who's got a much better defense and what I would consider a more potent attack. So, I mean, I've got to go with at least a 2-0 scoreline for LAFC against New, uh, Philadelphia, uh, possibly even a 3-0. I just expect them to come in and control this game like they did the last one. I think this is an even better matchup for them. Um, without Vela there, you've got a wealth of options to pick from. Uh, Diamande has been has come on really strong, um, been Missed out on him in the draft league, and he has been cleaning house for a couple of guys. Um, and then uh, Simon, if you're looking for some defensive options, I think this could be one of your clean sheet chances, so maybe look at a couple other guys as well. And then pick your other attacking options. I mean, Lee Wynn, Blessing, Fellhaber, Rossi, they all look really good right now with this attack. Um, any one of them can, uh, can help grab an assist, grab a goal. So... Diamond is probably my really only like lock for my roster this week as a as an auto reroll, and then the rest of them are kind of up in the air, and we'll see what happens. All right, Mike San Jose versus LA Galaxy. This is going to be a really interesting one. Um, I mean, we've seen LA struggle overall, but they've had some really good fantasy um, potential. Uh, I mean, I talked earlier about Zlatan. Um, and, I mean, San Jose has just not been good. They haven't been getting it together. Uh, even though they were able to squeak out a draw against RSL, uh, even at home, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them. So, actually, I'm looking at a whole lot of Galaxy players uh, this week. Um, Zlatan, obviously, has a high potential. Uh, Alessandrini is also pretty good. Um, we don't, haven't talked a whole lot about him. Um, but, I mean, he got 13 points in his last – I'm sorry, that's not his last week. But, I mean, he's been – probably pretty consistent when he's played against bad teams last time out against the quakes uh, he got 11 points um you know in his last five he's also put up a 13 and a six against dallas his lows are four and three so he's a pretty good midfield option um also you can kind of plug him in there and then swap him out as part of the transfer because it was one of the later games um so i'm, I'm really looking like in uh the la galaxy this week i think it's a 2-1 maybe a 3-1 uh victory for them uh over their california rivals all right yeah, so the, as we mentioned earlier, the first game Minnesota is on Friday. Uh, everything that we've mentioned so far, Seattle through this L.A. game, is on Saturday. And then these last two games are the Sunday games. Uh, so, Blaine, Toronto versus the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, Mike hit it on the head earlier. Toronto is a giant dumpster fire right now. And other than Vasquez, I don't trust anybody on this lineup. I mean, Giovinco, I don't even know if he played last week. That's how much of a non-factor he has been on the score sheets for me. Um, I don't wa go out of my way to watch a lot of Toronto games, and so I haven't seen it. And the Red Bulls are just kind of rolling along right now. 
Um, this is a road game, which makes it a little harder to pick, but it's on Sunday. So you've got a lot of your transfer options here. You've got the guy on the bench that didn't score well. You've got three guys on the bench that didn't score well. Look at one of these guys. I mean, BWP or Kaku or your, even your defense here. This is a if you, if you missed your clean sheets early, this could be your spot to pick up a couple of late clean sheets and and fill out your roster. Um, I'm calling this a three-one game. I don't think Red Bulls keeps the clean sheet here personally, but I'm known to be wrong on these. And this is, I mean, this is kind of desperation time if you're grabbing from this game for road players. Um, Use your auto or use your transfer ruse and switcheroos and grab guys here. And BWP and Kaku are my two main guys. All right. And Mike, our final game Vancouver versus Colorado. I, I would feel so much better about this game if Vancouver wasn't missing uh, two players for red cards for uh, suspensions. That said, I think Colorado is still so weak that this is a team to look at. Um, for d- defenders, I, I'm looking at Henry. Um, he's been pretty consistent. He's also pretty cheap, uh, 5.3. Um, and he started the last game. He's got six, two, and four. So he's a relatively new player, but he's getting, um, you know, a few bonus points thrown in there. Uh, and I think they've got a really good shot at a clean sheet. Uh, certainly, certainly, uh, Mernovich for, you know, goalkeeper, uh, I think is someone to use in your keeper room. Uh, also kind of like Davies and, um, Kai Kamara is people to think in the back of your mind as transferoos or, um, you know, people to have in your lineup to then swap out if your auto roos do well uh, since the very last game. Simply put, Colorado is not a very good team. Uh, we've seen what Vancouver can do at home against bad teams, and I don't think missing Aha and Reina is so bad that they will simply be unable to overcome it against a team like Colorado. So I'm thinking this is like a 2 nothing victory for uh, Vancouver. Uh, definitely a lot of potential here. So, Mike, let me jump in. You're, even though Colorado just put up three against Minnesota, two of those being against full 11, one against 10 men, you think that this Vancouver team with the absences is going to keep the clean sheet? I think it's a good shout, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Colorado I'm on the road I don't think is as good. Uh, and I, I mean, Minnesota is its own dumpster fire. I don't think even even with the suspensions, Vancouver's defense is as bad as Minnesota's. Okay. Fair enough. All right, guys, let's move into your player picks. Blaine, keepers. Um, I've got Guzan in the starting role, and that's a transfer option to I'm not sure. Mike. Uh, I've got Turner um, in that. Uh, Guzan's probably the, my second choice there. Uh, and then, like I said, Murdovich for um, the swap. And hey, Mike, defenders. Uh, I have Simon and Henry uh, in my starting 11, and then I have Abu Bakar and Gonzalez um, in my auto route. Playing. I'm starting the full three, no um, transfer shenanigans here. And I'm going with Abu Bakar, Awful, and Parkhurst. Uh, all right, Blaine, midfield. Um, this is where I've got a little bit more play. I've got Almiron and Iguain as my definite starters on this one. And then I've actually got Bunbury and Shallowy on the bench. Mike. Uh, I too have Higuain and Almiron. Um, I compliment it with Alessandrini and um, Fagunes on the bench. Okay, forwards, Mike. Uh, I got three up top in the starting 11 uh, Zardes, Zlatan, and Martinez. Playing. 
Yeah, I've got two up top and one on the bench, and that's uh, Martinez and Zardes starting, and I've got Diamandi on the bench. All right, captains, Blaine. Uh, Almiron. Mike. I, I will probably switch it to Almiron because that makes so much more sense, but as of right now, I put it on Sultan. And finally, clean sheet predictions, Mike. Uh, New England, Atlanta, and Vancouver. I've got Atlanta and Columbus with that uh, transfer to New York with an outside shot. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. Those will be available on the chalkboard uh, on Friday as we get closer to game time. Uh, Let's start wrapping things up. Community time. MLS Fantasy Insider hosts league. A lot of good action, a lot of close games. Uh, I am still... Number one, though, overall in this league after a very close win with Hickenhopper FC. Um, so that was good. I have a solid uh, first place right now with a 12-0-1, and, and uh, my closest opponent is 11-1-1. So I had, had a little loss there that gave me some breathing room. Uh, Mike, you had a great game against Ivan from uh, Fantasy Football 24-7. Yeah, and, uh, I ended up pulling out the win there. Yep, and then Blaine, you beat Ben Bear. Yeah, and I just had to double-check and make sure he actually set his lineup, and he did this week. <laughs> well, with World Cup and all, and everything going on, I don't know. Some guys take a break. Um, yeah, I was happy with my 85-59 win this week. It did not expect that one, but I'll take it. Uh, he still did better than Weeby, though. Uh, I had the top score of the entire league with 99 points, and the lowest points was not Weeby, so, but it was pretty close. So, uh been, been a fun round right there of uh, the host league this year, so looking very glad to have some of the new additions with some of our Patreon guests, one of the perks that you can get, the Patreon guests, and uh, the other pundits that we have is always fun to talk back and forth. That's all that we have for the show tonight. Uh, let's wrap everything up with plugs. Blaine? Um, I keep trying to put out articles for MLS Fantasy Boss. I have been struggling with that, and with World Cup going on, it probably won't get any better. Um <laughs> Huge shout out to my wife. She's putting up with Lily tonight. Lily is now mobile and roaming the house as she sees fit. So I'm really grateful my wife is letting me be back here with the door closed while she corrals Lily. And we are going to be starting a new little segment, maybe incorporated in here. I'm going to set out two player names, three player names for captain picks every week and let Lily crawl to the one she thinks is going to be it. We'll see how she does. (laughs) Mike. Oh, well, um, last week I talked about the Catholic Nerd Podcast. I promised uh, another episode. I haven't gotten to that uh, because I forgot that um, this is a week that my wife is going uh, to New York for two weeks. uh, And I wanted to mention that because I will be joining her at the tail end and will be in New York for the Hudson River Derby. So um, if you're in the New York area and want to meet up, I'm pretty much like roaming around New York on Friday. So I'll be more than happy to come meet you maybe at Rockefeller Center, watch one of the World Cup qualifiers on the big screen. Big screen. Um, so yeah, hit me up. Give me um, food recommendations. I always want to try new places to eat because uh, this will be my first time actually to New York. So um, really excited. So hit me up. Let me know where I should go and if I should hang out with you. So. Maybe we'll have you podcast out of Tim's studio. Well, I mean, what I what I really am going to be new, needed to do is go to MLS headquarters and find Andy Reby and get my dang extra time radio t-shirt. <laughs> Come to but us via the other green. Promised them on the air that they were mailed, and I have still not gotten it. <laughs> like, 
He's, he is worse than his sh- with that shirt than he is at transfers. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Mike, you just need to get up there in New York, plant yourself at a bar, and tell Weeby there's a beer on the bar for him if he brings you your shirt. No, there's a beer that he owes me. That, that's <laughs> like, at this point, like I've had to harass him so much, like he owes me like two beers. Like there, there's no, none of this. Like, or you know what? He owes me a chicken bucket at the Yankee Stadium. That's because that is definitely happening. <laughs> Keep us up to date on what happens with that. Uh, as for myself, head on over to MLS Fantasy Boss to check out all the new articles that will be coming out. Uh, I was able to get my spreadsheet fixed somewhat, uh, and I have the form difficulty and round difficulty charts available again for round 18 in the next six rounds of uh, some of the teams right there. So if you like that chart, it is posted. Head over there and get that. Uh, and then stay tuned for all the other articles, this podcast, and and Captain's Picks that we have coming out throughout the rest of this week before Friday. Uh, big thanks to uh, DraftKings for having Jordan come over here and talk to us. A lot of fun. Uh, be sure if you skip through that at the beginning of the show, head back up to the top of the show and uh, get some tips for the World Cup fantasy, both daily and the regular game. It's, uh, it was a great interview. Thanks so much again for joining us. And thank you guys for listening. Good luck.